Hello, and welcome to Three Association, a podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors, created by supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. We're glad you're here. Now let's listen in on today's Three Association conversation. So we're really happy to have with us today Linda Flynn, who is a spiritual director and a supervisor who went through Together in the Mystery training, and also a therapist. And we're inviting her today uh, because she has all three of those backgrounds. She comes to us from Avila Beach, California, and we're really uh, looking forward to our conversation with her. But to get us started, let's um, ask for the free association. So Tara, when you hear the word um, referral, what's, what do you associate it to? Um, there's two associations that come to mind right away. Uh, first is uh, referral of a restaurant or a, some kind of experience that's good. Like our social networks these days are always giving us referrals for things. But the other thing that um, comes up for me actually is a little bit of anxiety, um, both as, uh, as a director and, and holding my directees, like, when do I refer? And um, there's a little bit of a, um, a sense of just concern that comes up for me. How about you, Linda? I would agree with that. I, it, what comes up for me is a kind of a sense of alarm, like a, um, a medical referral for a, that you have a, you have a bigger issue or a bigger case, you know, um, that's a bit alarming. Um, I also feel like as a director, there might be real feelings that I could disappoint the person, um, feelings of judgment, even rejection or abandonment. Yeah, thank you. When I hear the word referral, I, I too have a kind of a clinical sense that comes up. Um, but I also realize that there's more to it than just the clinical. So and I look forward to exploring that. with you both today. Um, So Linda, when you're practicing spiritual direction, how do you know when it's time to refer someone? Hmm. So what I really look for is, um, so I really ask myself, is what they're looking for matching what I offer as a spiritual director? That's the first thing. And then the second thing I really look for is, um, is spiritual direction going to give them the level of help or the type of help that they need? Mm, So it sounds like what you're saying is uh, both doesn't match what they're looking for, but also what they need. So you're looking at both of those. Right. Um, I, I would really look at, it's really important to work within our scope of training Mm-hmm. and expertise ethically. Yes. So that's the number one thing and, and doing no harm. So I really, mm-hmm. I want to think about the frequency because as directors, we usually meet, we're contracted usually to meet uh, monthly. And sometimes mm-hmm. people need more frequent help than that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
Tara, how about you? Yeah, I think there's a a question for me of, am I providing for them really the kind of support that they're needing? Um, and one of the things that that comes up for me is particularly around issues that I'm not trained in um, when it comes to sort of therapeutic help, um, things like family systems, they're coming back to a, an issue in their family again and again and again over the course of multiple sessions. It, it seems to have almost magnetic um, attention for them, um, recognizing that there's, there's a different issue that needs support there. I think the other thing that really uh, provides some comfort for me is that a referral doesn't necessarily mean that spiritual direction has to end. Um, I think we often think that it has, and sometimes that is the right choice, um, is, is to leave spiritual direction as a modality and go into therapy or even some, um, some larger interventions in the case of some kind of mental health crisis. Um, but also understanding that it's okay to be in spiritual direction and therapy at the same time. Uh, but knowing where the boundaries, um, where, where do the boundary lines fall? And that I'm not trying to provide help beyond my expertise. Yeah, that's, I think, I love that both of you mentioned that, uh, not providing help beyond our expertise. That's so important just to kind of know where the boundary is of our personal capacity, but also of our discipline. Um, and, in, and implicitly, it seems like we're talking about therapeutic referrals. Um, and sometimes we might even, you know, not, it might, the referral might not even be to therapy. It might be to the person's own physician, if it seems like, say, if they keep talking about sleep problems, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to say, and in this case, we're not talking about, you know, filling out a form, but we're saying, you know, it might be a good idea to see your doctor about that sleep issue, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, mm -hmm. or it might be to a body worker or to something else. But most often in spiritual direction, when we make a referral, it is a psychotherapeutic kind of referral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Linda, I would love to hear from you, um, both as a supervisor, um, and as a therapist, um, as, as we have directors who come to us, um, especially in this context, like there's a lot of people are dealing with a lot of big emotions. Um, it's been a, it's been a rough go <laughs> pandemic life. Um, and, and how do you hold a director who's coming to you? What questions would you be pleased that they were asking? Um, if their directee is, for example, just expressing a lot of sorrow and, and they're wondering, is this a place to hold in direction or is, how do I know when this, this, this might be depression? Um, and, and that's reaching the edge of, of what I feel comfortable with and, and really what I'm offering as a spiritual director. Yes, it has been a really hard time and it is a frequent um, it's very common these days to um, encounter depression coming up, even with our ongoing uh, directees or supervisees that we work with. Um, so um, I think it's important to um, know when, it, when to shift gears 
to move from a contemplative evocative stance and then to go into assessment mm. and to to recognize that that's okay to then at that moment when you're doing assessment to really go to direct clear closed-ended questions you know like you mentioned depression tell me what you mean by that you know what if i saw what your day was like what would i see you know and just kind of get clear if there is something you need to um, refer for or if it is really an issue mm, i love that 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 permission to to shift gears uh, in a director and to also recognize for the self-awareness of the director that if you are shifting gears that might be an indication that your modalities changed um, and that that might be a space of referral yes um, another thing that i think would be a real warning flag something i would look for is their ability to reflect so you know, we do, um, we do deal with a lot of just regular life issues in spiritual direction. Um, but is it safe for them to reflect is really a, a really big question. So notice when you're moving from that kind of let's reflect with God and you feel like they're, they're safe to do that, or it feels like they need more supportive work that doesn't go to a deepening place. Mm. 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 That's yeah. really helpful. Mm. It is. Yeah. You mentioned Linda talking about, uh, you know, sort of noticing depression. Is that the most uh, frequent kind of thing you encounter that re requires referral or what other kinds of situations might you encounter? Um, in spiritual direction that would require a referral to psychotherapy? I think if you, um, if there was a um, trauma that was coming up, that's an, a very good example of when it might not be safe to do a lot of reflection on unprocessed trauma. Mm, yeah. Because for one reason, if they might not be able to wait a month to have to come back for support, they might need support sooner. So um, it's one thing that was very common, is very common in the pandemic, is that we're re-traumatized and traumatized. Mm -hmm. So uh, trauma is an uh, ongoing concern. Yeah. I'm also noticing in my own uh, life anxiety, um, I encounter that in, in directees sometimes. And, and if we're anxious enough, that really blocks our ability to be reflective. And I think that that whole idea of, is this person before me able to reflect on their own life? Because that's what we do in spiritual direction, right? If, if, if that isn't within a person's capacity, there's really, we don't really have much business doing spiritual direction with them. They're, they're really needing some other kind of support. So Linda, I wonder, um, just to give some practical tools to spiritual directors, um, how do we offer a referral to a directee? What would that look like in a way that like, you used even in the free association, the word abandonment? I think that, <laughs> that we're really scared of abandoning our directees. That's we are, We're here for them. That's what we want. But 
what kind of um, tools might you offer to a director who needs to refer? I love what you said at the beginning that there's really a possibility of doing spiritual direction in conjunction with therapy. Um, and depending on the, the level of help they need, you, you, you know, you might require that to meet with them or you might, you know, just check in and make sure they're getting the therapy, the help that they need. Um, and I think that um, it is hard to bring up the issue of, you know, there might be something more wrong with you. That's what's really hard for directors. But to phrase it in a way of, oh, I really uh, want to help you get the help you need. Mm -hmm. A good way to put it. And to maybe role play that with your supervisor. So mm -hmm. you're prepared to do it. Yeah, I, I also just really find it helpful to reflect uh, back how much suffering I'm seeing. Yeah. I can tell that you're suffering and I don't have the tools to really touch that suffering and help you heal. I'd like to facilitate you finding someone who can mm -hmm. help you. It's just, mm -hmm. it's so simple. Just, just that communication of caring in both of those, you know, what Linda said and what I said that we care and we want to help. Mm -hmm. I love that, Maria. There's also that sort of recognition of limitation yeah. um, that the director offers in that place that allows, I think, the directee to recognize limitation of the space itself and go, oh, actually, this isn't the right space. And there's a modeling that's happening um, that we get to do as directors when we, we say care, your care is important, you deserve care, and I can't offer that to you. Um, that too is good boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know, you know, we've talked about people who are depressed, people who are anxious, um, Let's talk a little bit about the difference between a referral for somebody in one of those situations that's not acute and a referral that might need to happen if somebody were, say, depressed to the point of suicidality or anxious to the point where they just, you know, were almost delusional around it. So what that in terms of referrals, how does that change our situation? This, this would call for um, an immediate action, I think, of really assessing the situation with concrete questions and being ready to um, know what to do in that situation. Of, um, perhaps um, if, they are, if they answer yes, that they are having suicidal ideation, to be able to um, ask questions about uh, plan and um, then to find out who their emergency contact is, you should have that and be able to perhaps call at that moment or call 911 if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. And those of us who are working 
internationally or across state lines might need to give some thought to that situation and, and how we would handle it. You know, like we, if say we might not even have the person's phone number because we, we only communicate by email or Zoom or so yeah, mm-hmm. some real planning needs to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And I think that that's why we as directors need to create some kind of suicide protocol um, around where are our resources as directors? Who do we reach out to? What are mandatory reporting laws in the areas that we live in? Um, And also what are the supports that we can offer and that we have some type of understanding with our directees even as we begin the relationship that we have an emergency contact for them, that they know that we will contact that person in emergency situations. And, and even being in supervision, being able to role play that. Um, we tend to think, I, I think as, as spiritual directors, because we are in a non, generally non-emergent um, kind of modality, that we don't need to think about it. Um, but if this brings up a lot um, I know in my own program with Maria that even just thinking about it um, surfaced a lot for me as a director that needed processing and supervision. It needed processing and spiritual direction um, to be able to know that I have the grounding and foundation to deal with the situation should it arise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's sort of standard of professional care in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, We'll put in, in the show notes some links to uh, information on things like uh, suicide risk assessment and safety planning so that we people can access that if they need it. Um, but it's also maybe a good idea to just have uh, a tool around even noticing depression. So maybe we can give some thought to that as well and put mm-hmm. that up in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Linda, I think... Um, We've talked a lot about the practicalities in a way that feel good and helpful. Um, What might might stop a director from engaging with these things? Um, And and where, what would you say to a spiritual director who's, who's wrestling with even asking the direct question? That's a good question. Um, I wonder if, one thing that really would help um, is just how you begin uh, doing direction with someone. Um, Having a really clear, being really clear about what direction is with the directee and having a really clear contract and doing a really clear intake when you begin. I feel like that's a really important time is the beginning. And then to after that, to just recognize that you could at any time move to um, assessment. Um, and um, feel free to do that, I think. That makes a lot of sense, Linda, because you're, you, we don't want to accept someone into our spiritual direction ministry who isn't actually really more properly um, routed toward a therapist, right? So that that keeps us from having problems. You mentioned the word intake. That's not something that spiritual directors often, 
use that kind of terminology. So would you tell us a little bit, I know you, you, since you are a therapist, I'm sure you had a very um, significant intake for your therapeutic practice. What do you do for intake for a spiritual, your spiritual direction ministry? I, I do do a pretty thorough intake. And I typically, when I was meeting in person, I do it on the phone. Mm-hmm. That seems to help um, make a boundary so I'm not doing direction. I know I'm not putting that hat on. And I do it on the phone. And I really um, ask some questions like, have you been in spiritual direction before? You know, um, and was it helpful? Have you been in therapy before? And was it helpful? And then that can lead to other questions just to know if there are any issues that have come up for them. And um, also I do ask medical, you know, are there any physical things that you are really dealing with? Um, So those are, I really do try to get a little bit of history about that. Yeah, Yeah, my my feeling in that first, contact. Um, and I, I, I tend, I have a, a, a similar kind of conversation, although I usually don't ask about medical things, but, um, but I can see how that could be helpful. Um, I, I really find it important to listen to my own inner response to the person too. You know, do I, is there something that in me that feels alarmed by what I'm hearing, for example, mm-hmm. or, or does this, does this make sense to me? as I'm hearing it, those kinds of things. Cause I think we can even tell sometimes from by our own intuitions, whether this is going to be a fit or not for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that word of alarm. That feels really important. One of term- the other things I've been thinking about is, um, is how this we've had other podcasts on self care and things like that, that, that this feels, um, even as directors having that boundary of intake and of, of discernment in that space feels like it's an act of self-care as well. It's an act of tending um, in order to know what our limitations are. And, um, you know, I think even when we think of uh, referrals to also understand our own limitations, for example, um, I know about myself that I can only really carry one person who is dealing with some form of spiritual abuse in my practice at a time. Um, And if I have someone else who comes to me who has some kind of history of spiritual abuse, I'm going to refer them to another spiritual director. Um, Also therapy, if they're not already in therapy, but, but knowing that's my capacity Um, and, and to refer to another director is also a really good thing. Um, and, and I think I would also wanna say um, that when we refer in those cases um, to also not just refer because it's difficult to us, we're now giving somebody who's difficult to another spiritual director, but to, to be cognizant of, because um, sometimes I think we, we tend to say, refer to another spiritual director when in fact, really, like therapy is a good modality instead. And, um, and that we're not just, um, I hate to use this phrase, but we're not just passing the buck um, in those spaces um, that even when people contact us from care, for care, whether that's spiritual direction or, or ends up being another modality, there's some ethical responsibility to, to not just pass someone off um, as well. Yeah. Hmm. I was 
I was wondering if for both of you, you also um, in kind of doing an ongoing, ongoing assessment, if you do this, I tend to um, at the beginning say that after three months, we will um, have a, a reflection to see if we're really a good fit for each other. So I like building that into the uh, beginning of the relationship. So it's almost as if for any reason, if it, either of us feel like it's not a good fit, that we have a space to talk about that. And um, sometimes it comes up that a referral is needed simply because the kind of spiritual direction I do is not the kind of spiritual direction they were looking for. Yeah. They want something, something more directive or they want, you know, um, something very specific. Um, so it's important to assess for it being good, a good fit for me because I want to do what I'm trained to do. Yeah, absolutely. I have that same practice and it, mm -hmm. it is, it really does help quite a bit. Yeah, and I often say that the ground of spiritual direction is ongoing discernment anyways. Um, I think building in some, some rhythms within the direction relationship of checking in, whether that's at the beginning, every three months or in an ongoing basis, every six or 12 months, um, that is just a continual, that is the ground of spiritual direction is discernment. And, yeah. and so we're, we're discerning all things, which includes this relationship and, and to know that it may change for the director's perspective and the directee's perspective, um, I think provides a kind of freedom that um, is really important for both director and directee. Absolutely. I also want to just kind of switch gears just a little bit and go back to that idea of what, what kinds of things we refer people for. Um, and one of the things I think is really important and doesn't get a lot of play in spiritual direction training programs is, um, is really keeping an eye open for mania, because um, I, that's come up in my spiritual direction practice a number of times. And it's, um, it's, it's tricky because people who are, who are manic can have religious delusions. And so we can, in, as spiritual directors, be impressed by some of the, you know, the mystical kinds of experiences people have. And of course, people can have mystical experiences outside of mania. But manic delusions can sound like mystical experiences at first blush. And, um, and it's really important that we can get clear on the, the difference between those things and to refer people if they are in a manic state. Because here's the thing about mania, it's got even, you know, bipolar disorder has even a higher risk of suicide than depression. And so it's crucial in an instance of anything we might suspect to be bipolar disorder that we get that person into some kind of, of care that reaches beyond what we can do. That's, that's a really good point, Maria. When, when someone men mentions depression, um, some of the things you could say when you're kind of assessing or asking questions are, you know, what, did you, what would I see? What, does your, what would your day look like? Are you eating more or less? Are you sleeping more or less? That could be a sign of mania. 
um, do you have intrusive or racing thoughts or suicidal thoughts? Um, yeah. and those are those are good ways to just kind of hear that, and then also just to hear like a pressured speech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's important that we, you know, we are not assessing this person for a oh. mental illness. We are discerning. Oh. Um, the limits of our own ministry and what this person, what might better serve this person. So, so if we can think about these questions as our discernment, we're gathering data for that discernment. Um, that's just helps us kind of keep our boundaries clear between the disciplines. Yeah, it, I agree with that. We're not diagnosing, but we know that at that moment, it would not be safe to reflect, to go into a kind of an uncovering interior reflecting mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Maria, it's, it is so crucial to understand that there are mystical experiences and there are, there are those who are in, uh, in spaces that might be considered delusional or psychotic, or um, we're not trying to navigate what it is. <laughs> Um, but to be grounded in presence ourselves, um, and to be asking the questions, um, that are assessing not what this is, but whether this needs more help, uh, than yeah. we are accused. So it's not the what, um, it's the weather, um, and to know as well that, um, that it's not just depression or anxiety, that there are other things out there, um, to be thinking about. And it's not that we have to be all things to all people and feel that as pressure um, as directors, but to be wise and to be supported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much love arises in spiritual direction. And so there may be, for a director coming to supervision about this, you know, there, there might be as some, some of I can't remember which of you said it before, kind of a pull to, to not refer someone away because we, we are caring and we want to keep caring. And nevertheless, we really need to. And as you said, both said before, yeah, you, and you, some of, sometimes we can continue. I, in my experience, most times we can continue with spiritual direction um, once somebody gets into therapy. Mm -hmm. Anything else that needs to be said about referrals? I mean, one thing I would say, um, and it was touched on before, but I want to draw a line under it, which is, um, it's really important for each spiritual director to know who in their community they can refer to. So to have some trusted therapists, to know where the nearest hospital is to your, you know, I mean, most of us aren't really back uh, in person yet, but uh, if you are in person where the nearest physical hospital is to your uh, physical office, but otherwise to know, um, have a plan in place. It's, it's really well-researched that if we have a plan in an emergency, we do better, no matter what that emergency is. So, um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is in acute danger from, uh, suicidality, that's not a person we can leave, right? We need to arrange help, immediate help. Mm -hmm. um, 
even when we have, we're in contact. And I know that's tricky if you're online. Mm -hmm. So if you had somebody on Zoom that you were um, really concerned about in terms of immediate suicidality, how would you navigate that? It's a lot harder. I haven't had that come up. Mm -hmm. I haven't either, but it could. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had um, suicidality that's direct like that, that where the danger is direct. Um, but I have been in situations where um, I'm going to pick up the phone uh, and we're going to call together or we're going to, um, you can actually on Zoom call a phone number um, while you're in the call so you can have an additional um you know, if you're reaching out to the emergency contact, um, if you're picking up the phone and calling the emergency contact, if there's verbal agreement between the emergency contact and the person, you can stay on Zoom with someone until you see that there's someone there with them um, and, and to visually identify that there's someone to ask them to bring their computer or laptop into a room so that you know that they have someone with them and you've had contact with that person um, to be able to then leave them. It's a tough, tough situation. And, and I think it's one of the things that we don't tend to think about now that we've all just sort of automatically gone online. Um, but to think about and to have that discussion with your directees ahead of time, um, how would we handle this situation? Um, I just want to have this conversation ahead of time so that we we have a plan. Um, and to be able to have those difficult conversations, again, is something to role play with your supervisor to, to just consider and work through. Yeah, I love that. And I don't think you necessarily even have to say we need to make a plan for suicide, but, but to just for mm -hmm. an emergency. Yeah. What would happen if there were an emergency? Mm -hmm. um, so Tariq, is there, is it possible to put the Zoom directions, do you think, in our show notes yep, about how absolutely. you add? We'll put all of those things okay. in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I don't even know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, it feels like this is a, uh, a first conversation, an opening salvo, rather than uh, the last word. I think we've only barely sort of touched the surface, but I think it's a really important to, conversation to have, continue having. So, Linda, as we turn the conversation, as we uh, conclude our time, we'd love to hear from you an experience of supervision, of receiving supervision that was meaningful to you in some way. Supervision has been really, really meaningful for me um, in having more freedom working with my um, directees. So uh, one example would be um, I was working with a woman who um, was really working well with spiritual direction. She had a lot of physical issues, a lot of uh, chronic pain, and she had to uh, you know, kind of address them during our sessions. Um, and I was very curious that I never referenced her body in our sessions together. So I brought that to supervision. And I was just said, I'm just curious why I don't bring this up um, because I had noticed it. And my supervisor was able to work with me and ask, what is the part of you 
that is worried about asking her about her body, worried what might happen if you do. And once I started to work with that and see that, oh yeah, I was afraid that maybe there wouldn't be help coming, you know, and then I would, you know, kind of be stuck there. And this was a really young part of me or uh, earlier experience that then I was really freed from that and able to work with her body and be much more present with her. So it was just really, really freeing and helpful. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for that example. And thank you for your presence here and your expertise and all that you've brought to our listeners. We so appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association Conversation. This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any Three Association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and